you back to the house of God again. And I wish Brother David is here tonight. So um, instead of it to be on Sunday, but um, I believe the Lord has a purpose in everything that he is doing. If we come uh, empty and uh, come to the Lord, uh, fill me, I'm sure the Lord will do his work when we do our job. So uh, let's um, uh, turn to the scripture, Second uh, Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. Let's read from uh, verse 10. Before we read it, let's just bow our head again. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to the most sacred moment. It's not because a man standing here. It's not even because the congregation's here. Lord, it's because you are here. You're here to open up your word, and that's the only focus right now. Everything else will be secondarily because your word will not pass away. Everything else that we hold, maybe we'll hold it so tightly, and it will all be going away. But, Lord, this word will never pass away. Lord, we just pray you to open up yourself, reveal yourself to us. We know the word cannot be interpreted by private interpretation. So that's why we ask the Holy Spirit, which is the writer of this book, come on the scene to speak to your children, to interpret your own word. Lord, you know the need of the people. Lord, you know the need in my heart. Lord, we just want you to become more real than ever to us. Especially when we sense the coming of the Lord getting so close and ever. Lord, we just ask you to manifest yourself even more in reality and more in power. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we dedicate the rest of the service in your hands and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of a person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwells righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such a things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without a spot and blameless. Let's turn to probably the most uh, familiar scripture, Malachi 4. In the Old Testament, the last book, Malachi 4, uh, verse 5 and 6. Book of Malachi, chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. And this is the scripture that only give it to the bride of Jesus Christ in the last day. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. 
May the Lord bless this word. You may be seated. I know there are young people here and also older people here. I want to ask the older people a question. Do you find out when you're getting older, you start forgetting things? And as the time goes by, as your age growing, it seems like the things you forget is getting more than the things you remember. And the more as the time goes by, the more things you start to forget. And I'm thinking about this age, that earth that we're living in. It seems like when the, when the earth is, uh, when the people is going along as the time goes by, and age after age, year after year, it seems like that the people become more forgetful than ever. And the people start to losing things than ever. Because when you forget things, you lost it. You lost your memory. You lost where your key was put. You lost where your book, where your purse. You have all kinds of things to try to help your memory. But it seems like it doesn't work when you're getting older. When this age, when the earth is getting older, it seems like they become a hopeless condition. And the people become helpless. The church become helpless. And the people just are getting to, uh, they started losing more and more things than ever. And I remember at one time, well, I remember. And I'll just, uh, I have something I want to talk to my wife. So I get, uh, get from the uh, upstairs at a rundown. I said, honey. And she, she said, uh, what do you want? I said, I just want a glass of water. I totally forgot what I'm going to say. That I have to go back to think about what I'm trying to, I don't try to say to him. And I forgot, even until today, I, do, I couldn't remember. When it lost, it just lost. It cannot get it back. I was thinking for this age, when God sent the prophet, he said, I will turn the hearts of the children back to the father. It must be they have been lost to something so that they have to turn the heart back. Because when it turns something back, that means restore. It means, to, it means to bring it back. And you're thinking about the age that we're living in. And since the first age, when a church is only loose of one thing, they lost the first love of the, to the Lord. And as from the first love, they lost their first love. And then they started going on. They lost their doctrines. And instead of uh, they get uh, the creed, and they lost uh, their faith to the word of God, and they become have a faith to all kinds of things. They start losing um, many more things as the time goes by. Until it's come to the age of Laodicea, it seems like everything is lost. And they lost their, their, even their, their basic moral. And that the people don't even know how to wear uh, dresses or how to uh, dress themselves, how to uh, uh, even behave themselves. There is many things that the people have lost and even come to the point that people even forget what agenda, what agenda that they're in. And they lost, uh, they don't even remember, are they a woman or are they a man? And they lost, it seems like everything. They lost their the ethic. They lost their like, moral. They lost uh, the, uh, they lost uh, the love for each other. They, lo- they lost um, even the, have a feeling toward each other. And don't think we're immune from that. 
We're not immune from that. This is the age. This is the characteristic of this age. They lost everything. And from the beginning, they just lost the first of love. When you give them the going, and that it's just going deeper and deeper and darker and darker. If we're not be careful, the envision is on. It's not only just for the world of people. It comes to the church. It's going to the, even in the message church. Because of the, this is the character of this age. And you find out that the church had lost their passion. They lost their zeal. And they lost their standard. They lost uh, their uh, feeling towards the word. Their love towards the word. Then a true love has lost. Then the true feeling toward each other has lost. The virtue has lost. And it all started from the one in the beginning. They lost their first love. But as the time goes on, time goes on, year after year, you'll find out that there's more things that the people are going to lost. And you'll find out even in the denominational church, and uh, we'll see, we don't see, uh, we're not talking about those, um, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, how to say the word, the, the denomination just go, uh, go to Heward. We're talking about even some churches, they maybe have a little uh, better standing or understanding to the word of God. They're against, uh, you know, the same-sex marriage or this and that. Uh, they're going on the straight and they try to protest and, and uh, try to uh, do all kinds of things, try to stop. Even those people doing that will be considered as a cult, will be considered extreme. And think about what we're going to be considered by them. And then uh, when uh, we have this message, when God has given us this word, it's not only just that we try to, uh, uh, you know, try to against that. Uh, that's things is not our responsibility to, uh, to, to try to against that. What we try to against, we're against the things to come to this church. We're against the things that's trying to come to the bride of Jesus Christ. And try to lower the standard. Try to make the people to compromise. We cannot change the world. That's not our job to change them. The more you preach it, you will find out that the more they will try to be against you. The more you preach that the people will try to do more extreme to against what you preached. <coughs> Excuse me. But it's because when those things was lost. So now the Lord ascended to the prophet is to restore the things that has been lost. And he sent his prophet is to restore the word to us. It's not to restore us to have a better moral standard than other people. It's not to try to restore us to uh, uh, have a more uh, uh, like, uh, like an ethic. Or try to, uh, uh, you know, just become a more better uh, Christian. Or how to become a more a better uh, citizen. That's not so what is to restore us to. It said that it would turn the heart of the children back to their fathers. It's not to try to turn us back to the Pentecostals. It's not to try to turn us back to the Lutherans or the Wesley. It's to try to turn us back to the original word, the original faith that we had. So that is what is to try to turn us to. And the brother said in an evening messenger... He said, uh, it's to bring back the church to the word. Now, what is this messenger of Amalekai 4 to do? Is to restore back the original faith, 
the resurrection faith that they see in Jesus after he had raised from the dead, seeing him working among them. It's not just restored us to have a faith of the healing. It's not only just restored us to have a faith to do certain things, but it's to give us the resurrection faith. It's the faith can resurrect the person that who been dead and cold and is sitting in their pew and cannot respond to the word. God's word, God's restoration that brought by this message of this hour is to restore them back to their all to be position. It's the resurrection faith that that faith will start working. That faith is not just a talking it about, but that faith was working and to save our children and to bring them back, not to the church, but bring them back to Jesus Christ. And to that of a cold heart, to that of a heart that the heart has been lukewarm for months after months, year after year, and to resurrect that heart. It's the resurrection of the faith. It's not a year after year, and we saw that the children go to camp after camp, and they go to the camp, they're getting uh, filled, and then they're coming back, and they become warm and hot and fervent for God, and for a few months, and then a few months later, you saw them gradually start to cool off. Something needs to be done. It's better resurrected faith, so that once for all, they will never just go back to the world anymore. Something need to be done, need to be totally restored. Not restored just to back to the emotional. Not just restored back to Luther. Not just restored back to Wesley to have a sanctified life, to be a good citizen, to become a good believer that is sitting in the church, but to have a total restoration. That is the resurrected face we're looking forward to. Brother Bramah said is the Christ... It's the mystery of a God to reveal. He said, it's making his mystery known to this bright tree, redeemed by Christ, the second Adam, going back home to be restored back to the original Eden, free from death, free from sickness, sorrow, shame, going back with the eternal life. This is the restoration that we're talking about. It's not just a restore to the government of a Christianity. It's not just a restore to a certain rule that we are set aside and afford for the people uh, to uh, believe, to accept. But it's to convert, Brother Bram said, to convert people to Christianity and to his government is not God's thought at all. You said that we made, we made a converse to Christianity, but it's a government. That's not it. He said, well, they're not supposed to drink. They're not supposed to lie. Do you know the Mohammedans can outshine you? You know the heathens in Africa, the black men, and they got laws among their tribes that outshine anything you can produce in Christianity. This message is not just to restore a certain system. System will not work. It's not just to restore a certain ruse. Ruse cannot hold your children. It's not a strike to restore a certain psychology. Psychology cannot restore, cannot keep your marriage, cannot keep your family. Nothing can keep your family. But only one thing can do. The word of God, Christ living in you, that will become a hope of a glory. Brother Bramah said in Christ the mystery of God, review his and now notice God making himself known. Not, we're not supposed to make converts to Christianity by our government. 
but by the revelation the Christ in you as God was in Christ as God was in Christ Christ in you Christ was born to be the word of a God when you are born again you're born to be the word of a God he said when what God did in Christ Christ does in you what signs did God in Christ Christ does in you if you are saved it's not because in that moment that you are your conscience wake up you start to give your heart to the, to the Lord when you are saved you always were saved you're saved because you're the attributes of a God you're saved because you're the gene you're the seed of a God You always belongs to him. If he was in you then, he's in you now. And he's in you forever and ever. Brother Brahma said, he said that then when a revelation comes forth, he said then it's I in you and you in me. He said there you are. He said what for? To bring it back, we've got to be. He said, notice, that one like the first Adam and Eve, before sin separated them in death, now Christ, the second Adam, in life, redeems his bride from death. And now on his way back to the original Eden, restoring back his bride in fellowship, back with God, as husband and wife, in the Garden of Eden, sure, Christ and his bride. When God do the restoring, He's restoring all the way back. When God is doing something with his message, it's not like what is the denomination they try to do. The best that they can do is just hold a certain moral standard. But when God brings this message to us, when this Lord wants to do the restoration, that restoration will bring you all the way back to Eden. God doesn't take less for an answer. If he doesn't bring you back to the full restoration God failed. If he doesn't bring you back to the husband and wife relationship God failed. If God doesn't bring you back to restore you back to the true relationship like a Christ and his bride, like the bridegroom and his bride, God failed. If God doesn't bring you back to the passionate with his word, God failed. If God doesn't bring you back to the zeal and the passion for the word of God, God fails. And God will never become a failure. Because he said, I will send you the prophet. And he will turn your heart back to the fathers. And how he restored. He said in the Christ in the mystery of a God. Reveal, he said, and remember. He said, we're now as his bride. Pregnant with his spirit. Oh my, the church bearing children. See, pregnant by his spirit with his name. Bearing his name. Bearing his life. Bringing forth the sign of his life. Evidence with the preeminence. Evidence of his resurrection. Showing that he's not dead, but alive forevermore. This is the eternal life. And vindicated. Vindicates to the world that we are alive in him. Oh my goodness, what a wonderful word that we heard in this last age. It's not what you have done, it's he already did it. 
When God is doing a work, He do this work even before the foundation of the world. He put His own seed that is in you, that before the foundation of the world, He already chose you. It's not right now He chose you, but before anything happens, He already chose you. What you're sitting right here, right here, right now in this church is only a manifestation of a one thing that you are in the thoughts before anything happens. You can receive the word of a God. It's not because of the someday that you are, you know, you're, you're, you wake up to the truth. It's because of there's a seed that is in you. The evidence of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, is your brother Branham said, is that you can. Receive the word. Can I repeat it again? The evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is you can receive the word. A lot of people want to receive, but they can't receive. Because they don't have that can that is living in them. But you have that ability in you that you can receive the word. We're so chipping this down. Instead of just receiving the word, receiving the word. It's not a chipping this down. You, when you receive the word, that is the ability that God gave it to you. Brother Bramma said, but if you are predestinated to eternal life, you will listen to it. And you will rejoice to it. It's talking about a word because it's your comfort. It's the thing you long for all your life. It's that pearl. You're ready to forsake everything. See, you want it because you know it's God's loving care for you. It's something to settle the sin question. To settle the unbelief. To settle everything to you if you want it. He said, if you can realize your condition, then you got to do as he said do. It's not just listening to the word, but it's to take heed to the word. If you are the true seed of a God, you will take heed to every word that God said. Something in the believer's heart that they're desiring to make that word become an become a action. Something in the believer's heart, when they hear the word, they just don't want that to become intellectual. You don't have to let me to sit standing behind the pulpit try to say you don't take the intellectual. Don't just become intellectual. Something desired in the believer's heart. And they said, Lord, make that word become a living. Make that word become an action. That is the believer's desire. When I hear the word, I said, Lord, let that word become a true to me. Let me leave that word. Even the preacher said, the Lord, give us a face. Lord, let that face drop in me. Even the Lord said, through the minister said, the Lord, I give, said, in the name of Jesus, I give your children to you. That Lord, even my face is not enough to grab that. But now, tonight, the Lord, put that face in me. To take a hold of the promise of a God. Said every word of God is the truth. Something in the believer's heart, they just want that word to leave. But Abraham said, we are at an end, and we see we are at an end. There's no way to build upon that corruption. How can we build a city 
upon the charred rooms of a Sodom and Gomorrah. How can we do it? There's only one phoenix left, and that's the coming of the Lord Jesus. He said, oh my, the purification through the tribulation period to bring back a restoration of the world for a people who are just in the sight of a God and live by his word. When God do a restoration, he do a total restoration. When God want to bring the world into a total restoration, he sent down the fire to burn out every dross. Better remember to talk about the second Peter in uh, chapter 3 that we just uh, read it. When he was sending the fire down, it's not just uh, said uh, annihilated, but he said it was a changing from one form to another. But a fervent heat of the fire that God sent down going to be uh, totally renovated in this whole place. He said even the water would explode it. He said everything will be burned out. The lava, the volcano lava going to rise up and just burn every dross, burn every pollution, burn every Satan's uh, or whatever things that he has been corrupted in his earth with. When God do the restoration, he do a total restoration. When God do a total restoration on his earth, he used the same way to do the restoration for you and for me and for our family. It's not just a patched up the old body, but he want to do his ultimate care that he will do the ultimate restoration for his people. And Abraham said, he cares, do you care? He talked about the blind Bartimaeus. He said, the blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus is thou son of David. He said, what a rebuke that was to his pastor and a priest that stood by. But he didn't care what a pastor, priest, or nothing else said. He was interested. He said, and he cared enough to get his sight. So he called out. And when I blind man was ready and cared enough to call out, Jesus cared enough to heal him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He cares when you care. But you got to care first. You got to prove that you care. God wants to restore. But the reason is, but the problem is, do you want to be restored? God cared about you. But do you care about him? God cared about Bartimaeus. It's because the Bartimaeus cares. He wanted his sight to be restored. And when Bartimaeus was looking and for his sight to be restored, he doesn't care who was beside him. He doesn't care what his other people would say about him. He only cared about one thing. This is my chance. I've been waiting for this for a long time. And now this is the time that my sight can be recovered. My sight can be restored. That's why he cried it out. No matter who's the pastor, who's the priest that he was with, he doesn't care about his prestige. He doesn't care about his pride. He doesn't care about anything else. He only cared about one thing. I want my sight to be restored. If we people can do that, if our young people can do that, this camp will become a different camp for you. Doesn't have to wait to be the camp coming. Tonight can be a different night for you. He wanted his vision to be restored. That's why he cried it out. And he said, the son of David, 
have mercy on me. I wonder if we can cry it out that it's to him. I'm not talking about you have to be shouting, screaming, or cry it out. Something in you has this burning that's in you. You can be as quiet as a, as a Hannah. When Hannah was a one to take the Lord to take the shame out of her. And she was, a, it was a private that praying. Even without her, her mouth was open. But something has a burning that's in her heart. Something cried it out. And maybe the voice cannot hurt. But her face, the pleading, was heard by God. You young people, you don't have to be screaming it out or shouting it out or whatever, whatever the, the makeup that the Lord make you with. But if you are the true seed of a God, something in you is crying out. You might be not that apparently to show to the people, but something in your heart is burning, is crying out, Lord, stabilize me. I don't want this meeting just be meeting after meeting, year after year. One preacher come, one preacher go. One preacher come, and that preacher go. Lord, something got to be done this time. Brother Bram, talking about a job. Is that a job? The job had access to God. By revelation and by vision. And you think about what Job has went through. But he got a revelation that he already made to the burnt offering. He had a sacrifice. And that, that is what is this revelation was built on. Brother Bram said that even everybody respected him. Even to his wisdom had become so great. His, his inspiration from God had vindicated him to be God's servant so plainly until the people come from everywhere to hear him. And then Satan began to accuse that man. And that's the way he does every inspired servant of God. Satan is always there to accuse him of everything that he does that is not right. We know Satan is a False accuser. And I think somebody said that whenever that he opened up his mouth, he's telling a lie. Satan is the false accuser. But hey, Satan is not all the time false accuser. Sometimes when Satan accuses you, he accuses you right. The reason is because you've done wrong. And a lot of time you'll find out Satan doesn't just accuse uh, just randomly without any base. And uh, in the opposite, many times you'll find out Satan, when he'll accuse, he will like a lawyer, he present all the case, he present all the base, all the evidence that you've done wrong. Isn't that a brother? Ram said is, uh, Satan is always there to accuse him of everything that he does and that is not right. Yes, Satan can send a rumor. Satan can accuse you without any base, without any uh, uh, foundation, or without any evidence. But he also can accuse you that in what you do wrong. But no matter you do wrong or you're not do wrong, you cannot give in yourself to the accusation of Satan. When he falsely accuses you, you just said, Satan, get behind me. 
But if Satan accuses you right, if he said you've done this wrong, if you know that you're done wrong, you cannot just say, Satan, get behind me. You need to get behind, you need to get in front of the blood of Jesus Christ. The Lord, I did do wrong, but Lord, I put all my wrong under the blood. Lord, I do made a mistake, but Lord, I don't mean to do that. You put that into the blood of Jesus Christ. Then Satan's accusation have no base at all. Brother Brahma said, and now we find out it's a life and trials and it's a great faith. Even Jesus, when he came on the earth, he referred to the patience of Job. He said, have you not read of the patience of Job? Faith waits with patience for the promised word to be fulfilled. Why Job have a patience? It's because he had a perfect revelation. Brother Brahma said, Job knew he had a not sin because he come upon the basis of God's word. He come upon the basis of the shed blood, knowing that God required a blood sacrifice. And blood was what Job offered, knowing that God could not refuse it. The whole picture is a perfect revelation. He said that Satan thought he could have twist him around a little bit and cuff him up and make him do it. But you see, Job was a perfect revelation of God and who God was and how God loved him. He waited. No matter what the circumstances was, he waited for his faith to be confirmed. Because he had had a grip on God, a revelation. It's the blood that redeems you. It's the, it's the blood that restores you. If you receive the word in this hour, you receive the blood of Jesus Christ. And the life that's in that blood will become your life. And that life will make you overcome everything that on the outside, that in the world. And if everyone said in and I know, sorry, I quote a lot, but uh, I just have to do this. First place is that he was an old man, somewhat 90 years old, and he has been stricken by, stricken by the hand of God. Now we know that God had not touched him with his hand. He talked about Job. But that God had permitted Satan to touch him. God only has agents to do things. God wants an evil done. He just turns Satan loose to do it. Have you find out that something in your life it seems like a terribly wrong? And when you turn over every stone that in your life, if you find that there's nothing that's in between you and God, that's the time to be certain of God. To know that it's only the Satan that is doing this evil. It's not the God trying to do the evil. Then there's something that's good is going to come out of it. But then Brother Bram said, if he wants the good to be done, he has his servants, he turned loose to do it. When Job goes through the things that are in his life, if he doesn't understand that that is just the Lord 
turn Satan loose to do those evil things. Not try to uh, destroy Job, but there is a character that in Job needs to be developed. So whenever there's a thing in our life, it seems like we're wondering, Lord, is there anything going to good going to come out of that? But always remember, if you are the seed of God, if you are the children of God, no matter what things has come upon you, no matter what things that happens to you, there's nothing is out of the will of the Lord. There's no, nothing is out of control. And when Job was going through what he goes through, and finally the revelation that hit him, he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. He might not know why he lost his children. He may not know why he lost his all his property. He may not know why he has become a bankrupt. Probably just like you, I don't know. You probably said, I don't know why this problem happened to me. What's happened to my family? What happened to my children? What happened to my marriage life? What happened to myself? You might not know all of that, but Job would only know one thing. He said, I know my Redeemer liveth. That's the only thing that you will need to know. I know my Redeemer liveth. He's not dead. He's still alive. No matter what happened to me, but I know my Redeemer liveth. As long as he liveth, nothing out of control. Job said, for I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Let me put it in a spiritual way. You think it is a way standing here? While we're going through all the trials, while you're going through all the difficulties, it seems like you're lost in a battle. It's not that you're standing, but there is a Redeemer that you know that is standing in you that is on this earth. Not on this earth, but on this earth. I know my Redeemer liveth. In this latter day, He was standing upon this earth. Though the skin warm and it destroying, though the outside of things that seem not economy, seem not everything, it is against you. But I know my Redeemer liveth. He was standing upon this earth. In my flesh, I will see God. When God wants uh, evil done, he just turns Satan loose to do it. It's not a God try to do the evil. But he just turns Satan loose and let him to do it. But if you're the children of God, no matter what evil that is upon you, that evil will turn out to be good. We talk about the Job, but when you're going through all of the the things that he went through. But the Bible also said in the book of Hosea in 6.1. He said, come, let us return unto the Lord. For he has torn and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. We're talking about, oh Lord, you know, build up our character. The trials come. Yes, Lord, I can plow through this. When it's difficult to come, we said that evil things happen. He said, Lord, I understand that. It's the Satan doing that, but something good come out of it. Many times we find out a believer it is easy to do that. Because something in them, they're building a different material. But when we're talking about that, 
Sometimes I wonder if we make God become the harsh God. That it seems like all the time He's just training our character, training our character, training our character. It seems like everything that God do is just molding us, just molding us, shaping us. It try to cut us, it try to do this. I wonder sometimes if we become too battle-hardened. But the Word of God also said He tore, but He also healed. He's also a gentle God. He's also a God that which is the great physician. He's also a God that's a healer. He's also a God that is a lover. He's also a God that said, you are my bride. In book of Isaiah, chapter 30, verse 26, it says, Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun. He said, the light of the sun shall be sevenfold, as the light of seven days, in the day that the Lord binds up the breach of his people. We talk about the dark hours. We talk about our difficulty. We talk about our trials. But when God binds up the breach, he said if the moon will be like a sun. The sun will be like a sevenfold. He said it was like the light of seven days all accumulated, concentrated all together. It's way more powerful than it torn us. Way more powerful than we're in the difficulty. Way more powerful than we're going through the trials. Lord, we're going through the battle hardened. It seems there's no, 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 uh, no light that in the darkness. But when God coming down to heal, that is sevenfold more powerful than anything else. When God coming down to show His gentleness, to show His tenderness, that is like a light of seven days all concentrated together. He's not just a God that's torn. He's not just a God that's a cut. He's not just a God that lets you go through the difficulty. They're going through the trials. And they're going through the same time. The tunnel has no end. It's simply there's one problem after another problem. He's also the God that said, I will heal you. Amen. He's a God that used Satan as an agent to mold of our character. But he's also a God that is the minus the wound. He's also the God that he can bind up your bridge and he can heal your wound. What he said, he said, God wants an evil done. He just turns Satan loose to do it. But if he wants a good done, he has his servants, he turns loose to do it. When God used Satan to do some evil, to build up a character, but he also, he t- first he turned loose to Satan to do to Job. But when God coming down, though when he restored everything to Job, he said he restored him the double fold. Whatever he lost, God make it a double portion for Job. All Job's children that was killed, but God said every, but prophet said every one of them in heaven that is waiting for him. They're all saved. And he gave him a seven son. He gave him another three daughter. He's the God that binds up the wound. He's the God that heals your breaches. How he do it? 
Brother Branham said that when he wanted to do something good, he turned his servant loose. If he wanted to do something evil, he turned Satan loose. But when he wanted to do something good, he turned his servant loose. In Malachi 4, 5, it said, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Send. That in the Hebrew, it means to send, to stretch out, to extend, to direct, and to let loose. When he's sending, when he wants to do something good, he let loose his servant. And it's the last stage. What to do? To turn the heart of the father back to the children. And the heart of the children to their father. Turn means to restore. When God sent the servant, sent the prophet to this age, have one purpose, is to restore. Whatever has been lost will be restored. You lost the faith. It will be restored. You lost your family. It will be restored. You lost your children. It will be restored. Why? Because they turned his servant loose. He said, I turned my servant loose for one purpose. It's to do good to you. It's to heal you. It's to bind you. That's why he turned his loose. He got a seven stars that is in his hand. He turned loose one. He turned loose second. He turned the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. And to the last age, the last messenger, he said, I'm going to do good to my children. I'm going to do good to my bride. I want to turn loose the last prophet, the last messenger. Only one reason is that I will restore the sister of the Lord. That's why you're sitting here. That's why you have your family. That's why you have your children. That's why you have your marriage life united. Why? Because I will do good to you. I will turn my servant loose. It's to turn. That means to let go. And to set free. That is what's the purpose. He said, I will send you, Elijah. For what? To set you free. You've been bind. will set you free. Your heart has been hardened. He said, I will turn loose him. will set you free. You come to the church being hurt. Maybe something that happened to you that you feel hurt, you feel damaged. But he sent to the prophet. He said, I will do good to you. I will turn him loose. He had one purpose, to send you free. This is your jubilee time, my brothers and my sisters. Why? Because he turned his servant loose. Not to build your character, to mold you to this. He said, I will do good to my people. That's God's way when He wants to do something good to you. Is He a good God? He's a super good God. You went through a lot of a hard battle. You went through a lot of a hardship. You're going from one battle to another. Coming out of one trial and going to another trial. And the Lord said, I will send my prophet. I will turn him loose. Not just mold your character. Not just to let you run through all of this. That you're saying that you're just saved by the skin of your, of your teeth. 
Is, is that a word? But he said, I want to do good to you. This message is what God expressed himself. He said, I'm do good to you. All I'm a servant lose is to do good to you. If that's the prophet, what about the other servants? Do you think the pulpit is just the pulpit to try to harden you? You think that the pulpit is just the pulpit to try to rebuke you? Do you realize that God said, when I want to do something good, I will turn loose my servant. They're a representative of the good God. It's not just to try to give it a dress code, or do, don't do this, or don't do that. It's not about the government of a Christianity. They're preaching the word. It's to express God said, I want to do good to you. This will help you. This will heal you. This will bind your breaches. This will heal your wound. You're coming to the right place. God said, I will do good to my children. You've been hurt. You've been damaged. Your face has been damaged. You've been probably lukewarm by some reason. But I don't care what reason. You come to the right place. God said, I will do good to you, my daughter. I will do, do good to you, my son. The second Peter, verse three, uh, chapter 3, verse 10, which is read, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and animals shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Melted with a fervent heat that coming from the great work, that means to loose. And the... Verse 11, seeing that then all these things shall be dissolved. That was the same word with the melt. That word means a loose. It's like to lose any person or things tied or fastened. It's to lose one that was a bond. And to unbind and to release from the bondage. To set free. To discharge from prison to let go. When God do the renovation of this earth, He melted, He dissolved everything. What does that mean? It means to dissolve, that means to let loose. Everything that was holding on this earth, when God sent the fire, the, uh, the um, heated fire, or the vehement, the heat of the fire, will burn everything loose. We're melted. In another word, this earth has been bounded by Satan's grape, by Satan's uh, uh, technology, by Satan's uh, pollution, by Satan's uh, system, everything. But God said, I will send a holy fire down. Not to annihilate it, but I will send a holy fire down to turn her loose. He do that to the earth. Then he do the same thing to our earth. He do the same thing to the pride of Jesus Christ. To the, to the believers that have been bound. That you are the seed of God. You've been bound by the churchanity. 
You've been bound by the denominationalism. You've been bound by just going to the church, by the lukewarmness, all the denomination, or whatever idea that is. But when God sent the holy fire, what He sent to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, what He sent to the Word of God, is not to annihilate you, not to destroy you, but it's to do one thing: so let her go. That's why He melted the bondage. He melted, they dissolve all the Satan's abounded, Satan's chain. And to set you free, he turned his servant loose so that his servant, by the word of a God, would turn you loose. And you realize the quotes of the just said that whenever God wants to do something evil, he just used the Satan. As an agent. Do you know that in the last age. Satan also was turned loose. In Revelation chapter 9 verse 14. He's saying to the sixth angel. Which had the trumpet. Loose the four angels. Which are bound in the great river. Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed. Which were prepared for an hour and a day. And a month and a year. For to slay the third part of man. And a number of the army of the horsemen. We're 200,000, 1,000, and I heard a number of them. Satan in his last age was also loosed. Or I'll say he was unbinded. That he can do the great damage that in this last time. And then the prophet said that the 200,000, 1,000 horsemen, the supernatural demon was turned loose, was released and upon the bride of Jesus Christ. You think about how this, uh, when the devil was turned loose, what a great havoc that he can cause. And those uh, demons, Brother Bramber talked about Stalin, Hitler, and the Mussolini, and they were turned loose to the Jews. And they killed them with gas, and they killed them with a machine gun until there was no bullet to fire. And uh, they killed them, and every one of them sent them to the concentration camp. And it went through a, such a, a, such a wound. They went through a, such a, a dark, dark time in the Holocaust that in the, you know, in the, in the whole Jewish the community, six million people was killed. That's when the Satan was turned loose. That what a damage that he can cause. But it's the prophet of God said, that's the tender hand. Of Jehovah. If that's the tender hand of a Jehovah to the Jewish, what about the tender hand of Jehovah to the bride of Jesus Christ? When a Satan in his last age, then it was a turn loose, he would do all kinds of damage and havoc to the bride of Jesus Christ. And he bind them, he put them in the prison in their mind. All the things that try to bind them up. But thank God, we're not going to the concentration camp. When they were, it's still the same tender hand of Jehovah. That it will turn loose of the bride of Jesus Christ. So that they can go to the rapture. It's all the things that's happened to us. It's still the tender hand of Jehovah. It's a push us back to the word of God. Turn the heart of the children back to the father. Brother Bramus said, uh, I won't have a time to quote it. Uh, it was in, uh, 
He was in the paradox. He, talk, he saw the division. That he saw there was a mamba snake. And he tried to bite his uh, brethren. And then the, the mamba snake and so come to, uh, then it come on the highway, then it come to, towards the prophet. And then the, the voice said to him, he said, you've been given the power to bind and unbind. That's the power that the Lord will give it to the prophet. To bind and also unbind. Do you know that by the preaching of the word is also unbind the devil? The more you preach it against sin, the sin becomes more predominant than ever. The more you preach, preach it against the homosexual, oh, oh, whatever. I, I, I even cannot pronounce the, the word. The more you preach it against those sins that it is earth, it seems like the sin just become more and more. Don't think that the word of a God will change them. They will never be changed. It just makes the devil become mad than ever. The more you preach that against the sin, the more you preach that against that sort of moral standard is getting decreasing, the devil just become more angry than ever. It actually, the devil will be turned loose to the, against everybody that tried to it against him. That's why they become more powerful. In the LBQ, what you what what is that? Whatever that is, they become more unbinded than ever. As I said it before, now you become abnormal people. You become a crazy. You become a hate hateful person if you dare to say anything that is against that. But God gave us the power to also bind Satan. Whatever Satan tried to do outside of this church, and whatever in a society, what he tried to make everybody become an LTBQ or TBQS or whatever that is, then it's up to them. I don't care. This whole world is not my home. We're going to be turned loose from this home. We're going to be turned loose from this earth. Whatever they do, by the preaching of the gospel, I'm binding the devil. The devil's sin becomes more and more than ever. But when devil try to invade here, that is what we're going to against. That is what we're going to preach the word of a God to bind that Satan. By preaching of the word, well, I'm binding the devil outside the message. Them outside this church, outside the bride of Jesus Christ, but also by preaching of the word, will bind any devil try to come into the environment of the room of this room. Don't you ever think that you hold your standard up on high will make people respect you? They might respect you. Admire you for a little while. 
But sooner or later, the preaching of your life will unbind the devil who was against you. The preaching of your life, when you live constantly the higher standard before the society, before the people in the sinful world, will unbind the devil that he become more mad, more angry than ever. Why? Because he cannot influence you. And not only that, you start to influence his kingdom. The people that are around you, you start to influence them and let them to be lost the grip of Satan. That's why he will become madder than ever. He will do everything that he can to try to bring you down. Your standard, your uncompromised will aggravate Satan. He will lose him to against the bride of Jesus Christ. But how we thank the Lord. The tender hand of Jehovah bring the Jewish people back to the promised land. It's the same tender hand of Jehovah will bring the bride home when everything was against you. The life that you live before God, before people, will unbind that Amamba, will unbind that Satan. He will accuse you. But when you come out of that, you will become stronger than ever. Brother Brahma said in the future home, when he talked about the second Peter, Talk about it, a fervent heat. And he said he used the same word when he said to the cult, coat. He said to loose the coat and let him go. He said the same thing at the resurrection of Lazarus. He said, loose him, change him. He's been tied, let him go. Lazarus is already resurrected. In another word, he already possessed the resurrected life. But he take some people that he hear the word of Jesus to turn him loose. Do you realize that you already have the resurrected life that is in you? Just like it would have resurrected the life in the Lazarus. That same life that is in you also. But God will turn his servant loose to do one thing. To let you, to, lo- to let them, to loose them, loose you. Just like he lose Lazarus. I believe that God will do the same thing to our children. In this camp, that is going to come. I want our young people to have that, this expectation to go to the meeting. It's not just you have a fun. It's wonderful to have fun. I wish you had more fun than ever. It's not just going there to attending some meeting. That's good to attending a meeting. But have something that in your heart, the Lord, I want you to meet me. Said to the Lord, the Lord, I want to be loosed. I've been bind, I've been bound all these years. I've been bound of all these months. 
But Lord, this is the time that I want to be loosed. Brother Bram said, what does it mean? He said, the earth will be loosed from the grip of Satan. You will be loosed. It will be loosed from a politics. You will be loosed from a denomination of religious system. To be used for the kingdom of God. To be established here on earth. He said, Satan, the ruler of the earth, he owns it. It belongs to him. But now Christ has redeemed it. Then he said, at one time, I was his property. Brother Brahma said, one time, that little woman was his property. But now, now, see, he come to loose the grip of it. He loosed the grip of sin, of Satan, upon my life, upon your life. And now, we're not his. The reason you can be loosed is because you're not Satan's property anymore. He might bluff. He might say you are. But you are literally, you are not belonging to him anymore. Because Christ has already redeemed you. You become his property. Not Satan's property. Before you cannot say no. But now you can say no. You have a power to say no. And he has to obey. Before you say no, you have no power. Because you are not belongs to Jesus Christ yet. But when the message comes, and when God turns as a servant loose, and you receive the preaching of the word by the prophet, you receive the message of his hour, you literally receive your pardon. And when you receive your pardon, you actually claim that you have to declare, said, I'm not belongs to Satan anymore. The ownership has changed. You become a God's property instead of a Satan's property. Brother Bramma said, have you often hear me say in prayer, Take your hands off of God's property. He says, see, amen. Have faith to claim your own. At the end of the service, let me just share a little testimony. The other day, actually just uh, about a month ago, and it drives his mom was here. And uh, her husband just recently would have diagnosed but the hospital said uh, he got a TB. Brother Lou, that he came over here, actually preached behind this pulpit. And then after there was a diagnosis, he got a TB. Then the wife called and then asked if we can pray for, pray for her husband. So we get her together, together with the children, with my wife, with Zechariah. And on the way to pray for Brother Lou. And I don't remember that, but later on, and the sister... Uh, the Jairus' mom. And he said, he said, uh, he said during your prayer, then he actually said, Satan, you take your hands off of God's property. You lose your grip on him. Not only our faith says so, but also, Lord, let a doctor say to him that it confirm that my husband has nothing wrong with him. Then he, uh, then he sent him to the hospital. The hospital said, he still got a TB. And then uh, we continued to pray. And then I, they uh, sent him to another two hospital. And then another two hospital, when they do the diagnose, just recently, just, uh, I think just about a week or two, a few weeks ago at least. And then they come out by the diagnose that the doctor said, you don't have TB. Amen. 
you only got a little infection. But still, that one hospital that is keep the keep the report said, "No, you have TB." And then the sister Huang asked us if we can continue to pray. So I sent a text to her. I said, "Sister Huang, we already prayed, and we believe." That God will use the doctor, say to your husband, and we believe in what we prayed. There's nothing going to be wrong with your husband. And just two days ago, the day before, then Sister Huang sent a voice a text to me. And she said, praise the Lord, Brother Murphy. She said that the last of the hospital that said my husband got a TB. When we go back to the check it again and then diagnose again, they said, Mr. Liu, you have nothing wrong with you. Not even one speck of the TB or whatever infection that is. Take your hands off of God's property. You're not belongs to Satan. You're God's property. If you're God's property, Satan has to take his hands off of God's property. Then Brother Bremer said, have faith to claim your own as the musician come. First, you must realize this is yours. That's your property. You have to realize your children, that is yours. You have to realize my healing is mine. But Abraham said, that is your right. He said, take your hands off of her. Take your hands off of him. See, faith will do it. But Abraham said, not annihilate it, but just take your hands off of it. Just give me a few more minutes and let me finish over here. You find out But Abraham said, not annihilate it, but just take your hands off of it. To lose it, to let it go, to pass it away, it changes. What he said is not annihilated, that means it's still there. But when you take your hands off of it, that once was turned loose. You find out sometimes the believer, they stumbled at this. That's why the, the people, they become a weary. They become a tired. Because when God said, turn her loose, it doesn't mean that the influence of the devil will never be on you anymore. Satan still there. You understand? The temptation still there. The influence of the Satan still there. He's not totally annihilated yet. But uh, come to an end, Satan will be annihilated. But on now, still, he's not annihilated. But in the future, he's going to be annihilated. But when you realize, he must turn loose you. He has no right to hold you any longer. Though he's not annihilated, but you have a perfect right to say to Satan, turn your hands loose. 
You have no grip on my children. You have no power on my loved ones. Turn your hand to Lucifer. The millennium is not here yet. But you have a perfect right to say to Satan, turn your hands off of me because I'm a God's property. That's why sometimes you find out the people, they get weary. They said, Lord, I've been prayed. I saw that the whole thing is over. I thought I already met God. Satan has no power on me. Why? Those, those dark clouds is come on me again. Why I feel that a coldness is invading in my life again? Why I've been prayed for the healing. I've been sick and the Lord healed me. Why it seems like this healing, the sickness to come back again? Remember, Satan is not totally annihilated. But you have a perfect right. Say to him, if I bind you once, I can bind you the second time. If the Lord can heal me once, Lord can heal me the second time, the third time, the fourth time, until the rapture. If the Lord save my children once, He would save them the second time. If He deliver them once, He would deliver my children the second time. Lord, if you deliver me out of the coldness once, you can deliver me again. Lord, if you bind Satan one time in my life, you can bind him one more time again. You have a perfect right and say to him, Satan, take your hands off of God's property. You're not a totally annihilated yet, but you will be annihilated. But as long as I'm on earth, I have authority. I have a power to bind you time after time. When you find that the habit is trying to creeping in again, remember, Satan is not a totally annihilated yet. But you have a perfect right. Say to him, Satan, get behind me. The Lord had to deliver me out of that habit. If the Lord did it, the Lord would keep it. If the Lord in me binds you once, I have a perfect right to bind you again. Let us stand. Is there something? Is there anything? As we bow our head. Is there anything? That Satan has used to bind you. Is there anything that Satan has in the last little while has put you down, trample you down? And you wondered why, Lord, why, Lord? I know I've been dealt with that sin. I know I've been dealt with that problem long time ago. Why come back again? Stop asking that question. But declare to Satan, said, If the Lord in me binds you once, the Lord in me tonight, I'm going to bind you again. To totally annihilate you is God's job. 
is a God's battle. But while I'm on earth at this time, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind you, Satan. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we know that you are still a faithful God. Lord, we know that you are still, that you are true and faithful as ever as you be, Lord. Lord, you know the situation of each person here. I don't know, Lord. But Lord, I believe when you speak in a way like this, Lord, you must want to dealing with some of the situation. So Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we bind the Satan's power. And Lord, turn your servant loose, Lord. Lord, let the word of God turn your children loose. Lord, turn them loose so that they can sit in a heavenly place that was Jesus Christ. You give them the privilege that they don't have to be suffering like this. You give them the authority that they don't have to live under the privilege. Oh God, they don't have to wait till two days or three days or next week till the camp come. Lord, tonight can be their night, Lord. Oh God, you're still the God that do a miracle. Lord, you are a good God. Lord, when you want to do something good to your children, you turn your servant loose, Lord. Lord, you turn your word loose. Lord, it's the message of this hour. It's the lamb that loose the seven seal. It's the word of a God has been released, has been loosened this hour. Oh God, we're not just a listening to the word or reading the word, but God in the believer, in the bride, it's a desire in their heart, something that's burning in them. Lord, I want to apply that word. I believe that every word of God is the truth. Oh, Lord, we believe you, Lord. Lord, we believe you. That you will do the impossible, Lord. Lord, there's nothing impossible for you. Oh, God, as Tom has said, Lord, we believe this is not just a service. Lord, we believe this is a special service. Lord, we believe this is the time that you release your power, Lord. This is the time that you turn our children loose, Lord. Oh God, maybe we've been bound, Lord, by the wayward children. Lord, we become depressed. That are the people, they become so depressed, Lord, that they cannot even have a joy. Oh Lord, bring the joy into the people's heart. Not because they saw their children back, but in their heart, by faith, they saw their vision. The vision said, the Lord, you already do the miracle work in them. I believe that you believe Jesus Christ, you and your house will be saved. You never, Lord, you never lose your promise, Lord. Whatever you promised is the true and an amen. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Every word of a God is the truth, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let a faith anchored, let a faith anchored in your children's heart, in each individual's heart, Lord. Lord, it doesn't take long. 
It's just taking a split second before your presence and declare it's already done. We believe you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we sing that song? You cannot be binded by the broken chain.
I believe you mean business to God. I believe God means business to you too. He cares. And do you care? And I know you care. You can't be bound by the broken chain. By the word of God in this hour, the chain has been broken. I believe that every promise of God is true and that amen. You realize this is not your battle, but this is the battle of God. It's not how much we try to fight it, it's how much we believe that He already overcome it. Can we sing the last song? Uh, you know the last winter camp that you sing? Uh, uh, right, right. Let's sing this song before we go.
how we love you Lord oh God we know you are here Lord Lord we can feel you we can sense you Lord you are a God that is a good God Lord when you want to do good to your children oh Lord you lose your servants Lord we thank you Lord we thank you Lord you speak to us Lord Oh, Father, I just pray you to be with all of your children, no matter how young they're old. Lord, as they go back to their home, Lord, and may you still let a voice of a God echoing in their heart. What you have said, Lord, continue to saying to their heart. Lord, continue to speaking to your children, Lord. Oh, God, as we have a, we're going to have a prayer meeting, Lord, I pray for our loved ones. Pray for Brother Rong. Pray for the meetings that's going to come. Lord, we believe you are going to do a supernatural. You're going to do things far beyond what we can think. Far beyond what we can imagine, Lord. So, Lord, we're not going to limit you. Lord, we're going to let the word of God be turned loose. Let your servants, Brother Rong, be turned loose. Lord, let your children, our young people, our loved ones be turned loose, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Oh God, we give you all the glory. We give you all the thanks. Lord, I just want to personally thank my pastor. Thank my pastor, Brother Ed, Lord. Thank Brother Tom, Brother Tim, Brother John, Brother Ernie, Brother Ken Andy, Brother Michael, Brother Kyle, but all these ministers, the faithful servants of a God. Lord, that they have to do. Lord, there's so much good things to be a, such a faithful representative like you, like our Jehovah God. Oh God, you have turned them loose, Lord. You have turned them loose in such a way that they have bring the good tiding to us and said to us, we've been delivered. Oh my Lord, above all, we thank our faithful, the prophet of God, the Lord that lets you send him to us. Lord, you turn him loose in the last age. And there's such a reflection of our beloved Jesus Christ. Lord, you just like a, so vividly, Lord, a picture before us. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Lord. Our most beloved Lord Jesus. You are the only lover that in our hearts. You are the one that healed us. You're the one that deliver us. You're the ones that are set to the captive free. Lord, we just pray you, Lord, in the next few weeks, Lord, to do something special, Lord. Lord, to do a supernatural work amongst your children. We give you all the glory. Let your presence never be dismissed, but be with your children, with each person here. Lord, may the faith of God anchored in each person's heart. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't know how to dismiss you, but I dismiss you in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the presence of God be with you. Go back to your home. If you don't have a burden for yourself, Put that burden in your heart. 
Some, but some people's children need to be saved. Some people's a loved one that need to be delivered. That a word of a God that are coming in such a force and come in such a way to deliver to each person that it need to be delivered. That the thoughts of a God are to be expressed. And I believe a God that will do far beyond our imagination. Will do the supernatural work that in the next little while. May the Lord bless you. Shall we sing that chorus again as we dismissed? So the way you are, if you die. The battle is, the battle is, take this remembering in your heart. The battle is the Lord. He's the mighty Jehovah. He's the mighty warrior in the battlefield. I remember Brother Bram said today, he said, you saw God is doing the healing. You know God is doing the miracles. But he said, I invite you to come, the mighty God in the battlefield. Our God is the mighty, mighty warrior. That in the battlefield, he fight for you, he fight for your family, he fight for your loved ones. Let's remember that and take this in our heart and go home and to worship him, to believe him, to thank him, thank him in all the things that he has done in your life and is going to do. There's nothing uncertain in God. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Shake hands to each other. Say the best thing you can say. God bless you.